This is Ingredient Insiders, and I'm John Magazino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. On each episode of Ingredient Insiders, we will be talking with noted chefs and authors about their favorite ingredients. We'll also be speaking with the producers of those ingredients to talk about how they're made, the history, and why chefs love using them. So Andrea, here we are today in the Sunshine State, and we are going to be talking about one of the ubiquitous ingredients that comes from Florida, citrus. I associate Florida with oranges. There's such a difference when you're getting fresh Florida citrus. Versus what you're getting in a grocery store. Right? Yeah, that's been sitting around. Do you have a favorite citrus? I think I would probably say limes are my favorite citrus. If I'm drinking water, there's lime in it. I love, you know, cooking with it, putting it on a guacamole, drizzle it over a seafood dish. I just love lime. I think it's such a unique kind of flavor. You can have it with a shot of tequila too. I do it with Tito's, but sure. So let's talk about all the citrus. Let's like go yeah. back and forth and see how many citrus okay, we can name. Ready? Yuzu. The lemon. Kumquat. Orange. Grapefruit. Mandarin. Tangerine. Citron. Buddha's hand. Mandiquat. That's a thing. <laughs> now we're mixing the mandarin and the no, kumquat. That's a, that's a that's a fruit. What's the suma? The, the sumo citrus. Yeah, sumo I think citrus. That's just a type of mandarin. But I'm gonna let you get all right. Away it has that like one. the green leaves that comes with it. All right. Yeah. Hold on, I don't want to get stumped here. Okay. Sudachi. What is that? It's a Japanese citrus. Oh, I might be stumped. We've exhausted the list. I mean, one of the cool things about citrus is it touches a lot of the senses when it comes to flavor. Because you have sweetness, Mm -hmm. so there's that sugar, tartness or bitterness. From the pith? When the pith or the skin and the zest. It has, you know, the the oils that are producing that aroma. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about citrus, so many things come to mind. I mean, there's a reason why household cleaners quite often have lemon scent. It's something that's very primal to people. You know me, I'm kind of a nerd and I like to do a lot of research before these episodes, but there's 76,000 people that work in this Florida citrus industry and it's a $9 billion industry. That's a great stat. We're going to be talking with the folks from Paracone Citrus Farms. Mm -hmm. They're based up in the Indian River outside of Vero Beach. They also have farms out in California. These guys make the most amazing fresh squeezed juices. They make orange juice. They make lime juice. They make lemon juice. You know, a lot of us take for granted when we go to a restaurant or a hotel or wherever we're going to eat. Citrus juice in particular is used in so many applications in the kitchen. It's not just there to, you know, squeeze onto your, your seafood. Ceviches, mm-hmm. cocktails, yep. marinades, salad dressings. You know, and juice by the glass, obviously. There is so much citrus juice being used in the restaurant business. But what I think is so interesting also is not all citrus juices are created equal. So if you're talking about like a concentrate versus a Tropicana versus a Paracone Farms, it's completely different. And a lot of it has to do with the pasteurization process. So yes. heating it, yes. which really dumbs down the flavor of the orange juice. And I think for me now that, you know, I've tasted some really high quality orange juices, I can take a sip anywhere I am and I can say, nope, this is not fresh squeezed. Yeah. And the Paracone Farms is incredible. It is lightly pasteurized. There's not going to be any of that heat that, you know, touches the product. So it tastes literally like you squeeze an orange into the container and then you're drinking it. Yeah. They use a process that he'll talk about called Mm -hmm. HPP, which is a high pressure pasteurization. Doesn't involve heat. And it lets the fruit retain that flavor. So it's going to be a great conversation. There's three different versions of 
of NFC juices. You can do, you know, your unpasteurized, uh, you can have pasteurized, and you can have your uh, HPP cold press. Paracone juices, we do all three. We're probably the only juice company that does all three versions of those type of juices in the country. There is a world of difference between tasting a juice like a Paracone juice versus the supermarket frozen from concentrate kind of juice. Yeah, and we'll be speaking with Michael Schwartz, how he's using citrus. He's been a chef in Miami for 15, 20 years. At least. Citrus is like, you know, one of the most important ingredients. And we try to do as many things with it as we can uh, in chutneys and jams and in compotes and then just featured citrus and fish. It's like a match made in heaven. Michael's Genuine, Harry's Pizza, great chef, excellent user of local produce. This episode is in partnership with The Chef's Warehouse and produced by Hey Now Media. We could not come to Miami and not talk to the gentleman that's sitting here, Michael okay, Schwartz. Okay, good, good. Because I thought you were super excited about featuring Citrus, not featuring me, and no. I was going to be insulted I mean, I like that. Citrus is okay, we but Michael Schwartz. Citrus. <laughs> and I'm also sitting here with two people that grew up in Philadelphia. Yes, which is also oh, yeah. very exciting to me. Don't what part start, of Philly did you go Don't on? start no shit. Yeah. Uh, northeast. Me too. What? Summerton, Bustleton. Mm, Cruise Town and Bloomfield. All right. Okay. My sister lives in Ronhurst. See the, the Philly accent Here came yeah. out too. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Let me start talking about uh, cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks, Pats or Geno's. Yeah. Water. Water. Down the shore. Get some Rita's water ice. Water ice. So the first time I met Michael Schwartz, when did you open up Michael's Genuine? Mm, a while? It's, it's a been question. a while. 2000s, mid 2000s? Seven. We're going to be 15 uh, in a minute in about two weeks. That's incredible. And you just did a big renovation. We mm -hmm. ate there last night. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. So we're in Florida, mm -hmm. which is Florida the it's the sunshine state but it's also to me the citrus state right yeah. yeah so much citrus here today's ingredient that we're going to talk about is citrus yeah last night Andrea and I went to Michael's Genuine we were trying to see how you were using citrus uh-huh so we were looking at you know the dessert menu you have yep. the car car orange yeah uh, like uh, compote yep you have the olive oil cake with orange yes obviously there was orange segments in the ceviche yes the ceviche was so it was good. so good talk to us about florida citrus and citrus in general like indian river for me it's indian river ruby red grapefruit is like the best thing ever you know and it's interesting because florida it is the second worldwide biggest production of either orange or citrus in the world every chef will tell you that you know we had a tasting today with a potential uh, sous chef to join the team and it was great he did a great job those things are super challenging and super nerve-wracking but it's always the same comments that we as chefs have about all each other's food is needs more acid needs more salt citrus is like you know one of the most important ingredients so we try to feature it you know right now we're in the height of citrus season and not only here locally but you know, of course, California citrus as well. And we try to do as many things with it as we can uh, in chutneys and jams and in compotes and then just featured citrus and fish. It's like a match made in heaven. And I always say that living in Miami is the best, like we have the best selection, I think, of fresh fish and seafood. I agree. And so we love that combination and we're always looking to weave citrus into, into, into everything. Do you have specific types? I mean, 
you, um, I already called out the Cara Cara orange because it's my favorite. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a grapefruit and an orange had a baby and it's the Cara Cara. Yeah, not my favorite. Okay, what I is your favorite? It. So, you know, the Mineola, mm-hmm. how do you describe it? It's sort of bright and not overly sweet. Great acid, great balance to me though. That a Mineola in peak season could be one of the best bites ever. You mentioned the grapefruit too. Grapefruits in my childhood were these like astringent mouth puckering where like I had a friend who figured out to pour sugar on the half oh, yeah. and then scoop it out. No, that's and how that's, we ate it. That's yeah. the only way in you in the Northeast that I was eating grapefruit. Yep. And you had that spoon. It was yeah. like the spork, right? It, was right. Like it has like a, like a little, yeah. like little, a, like a, serrated, blade. a yeah. serrated spoon. Yeah, and you poured sugar on it and that's how you ate the grapefruit. And they were so pithy mm-hmm. and so not good. But then you come down and you have a grapefruit that eats like, you know, sweet fruit. It, it tastes how it should. It changes your life. Right. And I always wonder. Right. Well, some people don't even know what it should taste like. Yeah. But I, I could say ruby red grapefruit too, because to me, that is like the epitome. And you don't have to do anything to it. it Maybe a pinch of salt. Sometimes we like to brulee fresh fruit. Yes, I love mm. that. Um, but sometimes we'll just serve citrus on a plate, drizzle with olive oil and some herbs and something crunchy to offset it. And that's it. A little crudo. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm course. with you. See that? And that's why. Jessica said, go to Michael's Genuine because that's what I was looking for. You wanted the ingredients to speak for themselves. Yes. Because he's sourcing the best quality stuff. Yes. The and we saw that last night. Unbelievable. Too. We saw that last night in a plate of carrots. I couldn't have said oh, that Oh, the carrots with the, last with the, right, the, right, the right, right to. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. The crunchy things on top. Yeah. Yes. We love the, so, so that's what we do. Like we spend a lot of time sourcing and then dialing that in. And then really just letting the ingredients speak for itself. But usually this contrast of color, temperature, texture, those things make a dish. That was very prevalent on the menu because we ordered every one of the veggie sides. Yeah. Just because we eat very veggie forward. Mm -hmm. And some were hot, some were cold. Even some of the ones that you thought were going to be hot, like the peppers, but they were cold. Right. I really enjoyed that experience. You didn't know what that bite was going to be. And that's yeah. kind of exciting. I just love that Andrea said we eat very, very veggie forward. Even though we just I will tell it. you, she dragged me around Miami <laughs> for lunch today <laughs> to Enriqueta for, oh for a Cuban sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then we and went then to. She wasn't satisfied with just yeah. that. Then we went over to El Sandwich for another craft made sandwich, which better. by the way was incredible and better. Better. One of my favorite sandwiches, I think. The pickles with the mustard, the cheese. It was just I've like been perfect. in a little Cubano tour of Florida since I've been here. Mm-hmm. And El Sandwich is hard to beat. Is yeah. there a better one in nope. Florida? Yeah. It's no, he's the best. Enriquez is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a huge line. Yeah. There. So you've been to El Palacio de los Hugos? Yeah. Have you traveled through Latin America? Obviously, we're here in Florida where there's a great influence from Colombia and Venezuela and other parts of South America. Not a ton. Yeah. A little bit in Argentina, a little bit in Colombia, Mexico, of course, and Ecuador. Because talking about citrus, I think of Colombia. Yeah. I don't think of that as a, I I don't know what. Do you know the number one uh, grower in the world? I'm going to guess Brazil. Is Brazil. Just because of sheer acreage and mm-hmm. they do produce yep. a lot of uh, citrus there that you see You're on, right, John. on the Tropicana package. <laughs> if you look closely, I'm a, <laughs> Is big, that right? I'm, a, I'm a big label reader because of our industry. I'm always looking yeah. at where things come from. A lot of frozen concentrated juices, citrus comes from Brazil. Mm-hmm. I got lucky on that guess. I'm, Ca- I'm impressed. California really could have been a top pick no. of where. But went to Colombia a few years ago. The juices there, like mandarina and mm-hmm. all these other tropical fruits spectacular well usually when you're in a place that doesn't grow uh 
for export, the food tastes better. It's like right? Italy. Right? Well, they don't grow it to transport it yeah. because that's a whole different thing. Like tomato. Yeah. You know, if you're growing tomatoes, mass production for export, they pick them green, they ship them green. As they got to hold up and look good in the supermarket. Exactly. Kind of exactly. But so the, the uglier, like usually the uglier the citrus, the better it tastes. But you recommend El Palacio de, de Juegos. So am I even saying this Jugos, right? Yeah, Jugos, yeah. El Palacio de los Jugos for just the experience, right? And the my favorite juice is the guanabana. Yeah, that's it. a great fruit. Sour the best. Yeah. Reminds me of so that good. song from the Muppets, guanabana. Remember that? Uh, no, 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 no. Guanabana. No, but I, re- I, I love going there just for the experience. Can you the, find fresh Guanabana yes. here? Yes. Yeah. Really? You can find fresh guanabana. Yeah, can you yeah. do that? Yeah. yeah. You can even find that in New York, fresh guanabana. You go in the right neighborhoods of the Bronx, so you can find it. I, yep. did an I don't internship. know how you got to get that pulp out with those black, like big seeds. The big in seed, it. No, you just yeah, cut yeah. it into chunks. And then you, like, I worked for Sandals Resorts as an intern and I had to make all the fruit platters. Yeah. It was the first time. And like, they hand me this thing and I'm like, what guanabana? is this? Yeah. Usually you cut it up, mix it with a little bit of water and a little bit of. Sugar. Milk. You can put mm-hmm. milk in there too, or no? You could put whatever you want. But it's like there. so creamy on its own. I don't know if it needs it. I right. just always wondered if they put milk in those. I don't juices. think so. No, I don't think okay. so. I don't but think like, so. Sugar though. Yeah, definitely sugar. They love the sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what other citrus? We talked about oranges. We talked about grapefruits. Let's, I feel. What like about the humble lime? I love a lime. How about the finger lime? Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Well, AKA something citrus caviar. caviar. Yeah, really good. And there's yeah. some local small. They're growing uh, here. Farmers that are growing some of that stuff here. Yeah. Those are really cool. Have you ever played with those, Andrew? Where you kind of cut yeah. them and then you can spoon out and mm-hmm. looks like little caviar eggs. Like little pops of mm-hmm. acid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. What do you do with finger limes? Eat them. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, th- that's like uh, the <laughs> same thing. Some. The same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same. Yeah. Just puree them. <laughs> no, but I would, you know, fish. For me, that's a fish Garnish. condiment. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it, you get the pop like caviar, but you get the acid from citrus. Hey, I'm Michael Schwartz from the Genuine Hospitality Group here in Miami, Florida, and you're listening to The Ingredient Insider. You've been here since the 90s. Mm-hmm. How did you end up in Florida? I moved here hmm, in 1994 from New York, consulting and helping, but um, grew up in Philly, moved to California, work, worked for Wolfgang Puck for a short time, back to New York where I helped Frank open. Frank Crispo? Andiamo. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Cafe Belcanto. And then I moved to Vail, Colorado. Uh, then sort of back to New York and then came down here. Miami was just starting to, you know, pop a lot of sizzle, a lot of, you know, national media attention paid to Florida's, you know, party scene, Miami's party right. scene. I opened Nemo with my then partner. We opened Big Pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, we opened some sushi restaurants, some other restaurants, and then uh, we parted ways. And then he went on to open Prime and his whole Prime empire. Mm-hmm. And um, I floundered for about five years before I opened Michael's Genuine. We had 97. And always in the design district, which I imagine this is 2007, 2006, 2007. What was going on in the design district? Not too much, man. It's like people thought I was crazy. Yeah, to you open were, there. You yeah, there wasn't a lot going on. I liked it because of the proximity to the beach and north and south and easy to get to. It was a bad neighborhood back then. You know, I had no idea it would develop into what it did. And now it's the luxury haute 
couture boutique. I first learned about Michael's Genuine from the person sitting behind me, which is Jessica Steinberg. Whenever I would come down to visit Miami, mm-hmm. she would say, I'd always say like, where do I eat? I do that all the time. And she's kind of like my concierge. And she said, you got to go check out Michael's Genuine. Speaking of OG, she's one of the OG salespeople. At oh, yeah. I always want like the local produce, mm-hmm. the local You were fish. saying Florida cuisine you wanted. Flo- yeah, I don't like to use that terminology so much, but yes, I want what's growing nearby and said i want florida. local fish. for the record he said florida cuisine all right maybe i, I did all yeah right. but it's interesting you, you think you want that yeah but do you know what that is well, what no. is it i don't you know exactly i feel like it's changed so much especially in the last like five years well i don't i was just gonna say i don't really know what it is but i do know that you know in the 80s and 90s the the mango gang right mark militello mm-hmm. and alan susser and norman van aiken mm-hmm. uh created this this thing, you know, and it was Floribian cuisine because, you know, this is an interesting part of the hemisphere where it is tropical. I think it's the only zone nine agriculturally in the States. If you live in South Florida, you're expected to embrace these ingredients and they're pretty different if you grew up in the Northeast. Sure. So for me, it took me a long time to even understand a lot of that stuff. And I shunned it for a long time. And now I'm not cooking Floribian cuisine at all, but we have learned to embrace, you know, the tropical fruits and the things that are prevalent in this area, including citrus, and to weave that into a cuisine that was not tropical or Caribbean or Floribian. And so I guess what I was looking for in that meal was somebody who was using farmer's market produce right. in a place where I don't think about farmer's markets. That's right. To, LA, you're going to go to the Santa Monica's farmer's market if you're me. Yep. Like that, I don't go to art museums. I, I walk farmer's markets. I'm with you. If I go to New York in the summer, I want to be at the Union Square Green Market. How is the farmer's market? There's still no. You just made me cry. Yeah. No, there's still not. And it's a, and it's a weird thing. But, but that's true. But you are sourcing these farm products at yep. your restaurants. Yeah, we have and we, we do. Uh, but it wasn't easy. It's still really not easy. I would imagine it to have gotten a lot easier than it has. But you got to work to get that stuff. Farmers are farmers. They're not great at, you know, supply chain issues and getting you what you need. So you got to do a little extra work. But in the beginning, that's what we did. We took product that I was familiar with that was growing locally in the upside down growing season, yep. right, which starts sort of at Thanksgiving and ends uh, May and weaving them into my cuisine. And that's what I did over the years. And then started to accept that there's things like mangoes and lychees and more avocados and plantains and all these things that I didn't grow up eating or cooking. Tomatoes in February. Tomatoes in, in February. Yep. I'm you not, can't eat a tomato. I'm not touching. I don't look at their yeah. pale. They're gross. You know, white. They don't yeah. look good. But here. But, yeah. They, no, they're, they're beautiful. Amazing. We get a long tomato season too, which is spectacular. Our season really starts in November and could go into May, into June, you know, as we reach up to central Florida to, to grab heirlooms. So you've been here since the 90s. Mm-hmm. What is going on here today? I mean, it is like it's center popping. of the universe. Boom. Yeah. We talked about this earlier today. Miami of 10 years ago, no disrespect to the great things you have done here. It's a top 10 city in the U.S. for food, maybe mm-hmm. maybe top five, seven. Today, I think you're hard pressed to put Miami outside of 
the top three with New York and LA. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, with what's going on in the world, to me, this is number one right now. Just the depth of quality restaurants in the city now, it's like... Great. Center of the universe. I don't know if I agree with the ranking, but certainly it's the place to be, you know, with the pandemic and people, you know, wanting to be in the sunshine state. Like it's been this mass exodus from all over the country. Fortunately for us, we've been able to be here as operators, be able to operate. The silver lining for me is that it's booming and everyone wants to be here. Now we we experience this every year in February when it's, you know, cold in the north. Right. But I think that last year particularly is when we saw really the influx of people you know, flocking here from all over the country. Did you have to learn to run your business differently in Florida because of the seasonal variation? What happens with staff in July and August? Does seasonality even exist anymore? Well, that's a good question. And, and it's one that we ask all the time now because we don't know what to expect. Last summer was booming because everyone wanted to be here because there was still COVID, you know, everywhere in the country. This summer, we expect to get a halo effect, but travel's open, everything's open. So I don't know if it'll be as busy, but there used to be a huge seasonal dip. With the, the dip in business, it's fine. It's like natural attrition. Well, thank you so much, Michael. This has been a lot of fun. Always a pleasure. When you're in Can't Philly, think let of me know. Anybody in Florida, we would rather have spoken to more. Ah, yeah. seriously. You say that to all. No, I do. No, you're our favorite. No, I love we it. I love it. We said that to Michelle Bernstein and uh, a couple other people. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You go through the list of South Florida chefs. But, well, I'm, I'm, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You are. You are listen. He's an OG. I think of restaurants, you know, we said this is the food center of the universe right now. A lot of those restaurants are coming from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Michael's genuine. I don't want to sound silly. It's the genuine deal. You're it is a Florida restaurant. Thank you so much. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Pericone Farms, makers of the highest quality juices in America. We have Bob Van Dyne, who is the vice president of sales for Pericone Juices with us. He's joining us on the line. He's based in California, but he's in New Jersey today. Go figure. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about the history of Pericone Farms. And what you guys do there. Yeah. What is Pericone Juices? Pericone Juices has uh, been really rooted in the citrus industry for decades. I just worked for the juice company, but the Pericone family has been growing citrus and selling citrus really since the, uh, the 1930s. Sam Pericone, the patriarch of the family, one of the first guys to put oranges in a bag and really help, you know, to start the L.A. produce market. You know, the Pericone family still grows oranges and citrus throughout California and Arizona today. And we get a lot of that fruit at the juice business, which is in Beaumont, California, um, that we do squeeze. The Pericone family, the one thing that's unique about us is that, you know, we, the family does own groves. A lot of juice companies don't actually own citrus groves. Family does own some citrus groves that we're allowed to get from the fruit standpoint and squeeze, you know, oranges and grapefruits from their farms, lemons from their groves out in uh, Yuma, Arizona. And, uh, you know, the juice business started in, you know, the early 1990s. I've been with the company for about seven and a half years now. And um, I just worked for the juice company and the juice company, really, we pride ourselves on being premium citrus producers. Bulk of our business really we cater to the food service arena. For people that are listening, these juices, this isn't mm-hmm. like the stuff that you're getting very inexpensively in a cardboard box. This isn't the juice that comes frozen in a tube. These are the highest quality 
citrus juices that you can really, that money can buy. Mm -hmm. These are the products that are used in the best restaurants in the United States, in the best hotels, in country clubs, on cruise ships. High-end cocktails. Yeah, it's the next best thing, if not even better than taking the ripest, freshest orange you can find and squeezing it yourself. And obviously, if you think about it, Andrea, mm-hmm. if you're running a restaurant, you've got hundreds of people coming in a day. It's a little impossible to start Yeah, you can't be squeezing juices. your own fruit. So Pericone really kind of provides that service where you're getting the best juice at a level that you can supply a restaurant. Tell us a little bit about the different juices that Pericone offers. There's fresh squeezed. There's something called HPP, which we'd love for you to explain. And then there's pasteurized. All of our juices are not from constant. So we don't do anything from concentrate. So really, you know, the fruit is squeezed. You make the juice and, and you bottle it. That's pretty much the, the long and short of it. There's three different versions of, of NFC juices. You can do, you know, your unpasteurized, and you can have pasteurized, and you can have your uh, HPP cold press. Paracone juices, we do all three. We're probably the only juice company that does all three versions of those type of juices in the country. The unpasteurized, squeeze the fruit, make the juice, and bottle it. So there's no heat pasteurization, no preservatives added to it. So that's mostly what we sell in the food service arena. And that's kind of our uh, our bread and butter, really. So, you know, orange juice, lemon and lime juice are probably our three best sellers in the food service arena. You know, typically the unpasteurized version is uh, what we sell the most of. Um, we do make pasteurized juices as well. Probably 95% of the juices in the juice market, that's what they do. So you, you heat the juice, that which, you know, kills yeast, mold, salmonella, and gives it a longer shelf life. And um, we do that as well for people that want it for food safety reasons, or maybe someone wants a longer shelf life. Maybe they're in the Midwest or something like that. So they need a little extra shelf life. So we, we do make those juices as well. And then you have cold press HPP juices. Uh, and that's a different kind of model. That's pretty much what all, you know, all your green juices you see on the, the grocery store shelves. That's what they do. You bottle those juices raw, unpasteurized, but then you put it through an extra process after it's been bottled called HPP. You put it in this big machine and it, this machine fills up with water and creates an immense amount of pressure on the bottle. And it's kind of like putting in, putting these bottles like the bottom of the ocean. That's how much pressure is created in these machines from the water that's added to it. That process, you know, with that pressure kills yeast, mold, salmonella, and you actually get a really long shelf life. That's what, you know, if you see cold pressed green juices on the market today, that's what they do for the most part. Probably get close to 90 day shelf life for citrus juices on that. You know, it's great tasting because you don't have to heat it up. So that's another real good benefit. You get to use the cold press kind of marketing term that people um, like these days. Those are the benefits of it, but it does cost a little more money. That's the one negative on it. So HPP is kind of the cutting edge technology in preserving juices. What does HPP stand for? Uh, High pressure processing. And what's the difference in shelf life? So the first one you mentioned was the fresh squeezed, which is take that orange, literally squeeze it, put it in the the bottle and it's ready to go. What could be more delicious? That's about 20 days from bottling. Okay. Um, that lemon and lime juices, you get a little bit longer. Um, you know, there's a lot more acid in lemon and lime juice. You get a longer shelf life. You get more closer to 50 or 60 days on the lemon and lime juice. And then with pasteurized juices, you know, you can get about 50 days then on like orange and grapefruit compared to the 20. So big, big difference in shelf life, but the, the unpasteurized is really, uh, what makes us unique. It's the hardest thing to do, but it also makes the great, the best tasting juice, which is, you know, why we've kind of been dedicated to it throughout all these years and why we, uh, we continue to do it. There's really no comparison. If you try a pasteurized orange juice next to a fresh squeezed or, I mean, even HPP, I mean, it's like two different worlds, two different juices. I'm with you. I almost, uh, I consider myself an orange juice snob now because I will only drink the fresh squeeze. I've been transformed by the Paracone Farms. Well, one of the things I think that's really great about Paracone too that I've learned is that you will 
move your harvest from Florida to California as well as Texas. Am I saying that correctly? During the season to make sure that you're getting the fruit at the peak of its ripening peak season. Yeah, I mean, you always have to follow the fruit and, um, you know, where it's coming. So, you know, the Florida season typically is in the winter or spring. So, you know, we're always squeezing oranges and grapefruits out of Florida. There's a Texas season too. It's a little bit smaller, I believe, getting started shortly here. Um, and then in California, really, we do half the year, we're squeezing Mexican Valencias, which is kind of the winter and then through about now. And then the uh, California Valencia season here uh, starting up shortly, and we'll, we'll squeeze that through the fall. So talk to us about some of the products that Paracone offers. Obviously, there's orange juice. That's mm-hmm. kind of the marquee product. Restaurants use tons of lemon juice and lime juice in everything from marinades and sauces and ceviches you name i mean you there's and bar and we didn't even talk about bars and and bar chefs Mm -hmm. yet i can't tell you how many times i've walked into restaurants and i'm watching um someone behind the bar squeezing limes for you know margaritas or you know whatever and immediately my i I like have to sell them on the lime juice because i just think it is such a labor saver and the quality is just as good as squeezing a fresh lime the interesting thing about uh, Paracone juice in the food service market is, you know, 10 years ago, 95% of our business was just orange juice. Today, probably 55% of our business uh, makes up lemon and lime juice and lemonades and bar mixes. So it's really shifted from what the consumers want, what chefs want. You know, our top three sellers, you know, number one is orange juice, number two is lemon juice, and number three is just lime juice in the, you know, the gallon bottle. Those are our, our, our three best sellers in the food service arena. So just like you mentioned, you know, Lime juice goes great for margaritas, you know, guacamole, salsas, um, any other kind of, uh, you know, cocktails that are needed at the bar. The lemon juice, big with dips and salad dressings and, and other cocktails as well. You know, then you also have grapefruit juice, uh, ready to drink lemonade. And I think one of the most underutilized items that we have that is really kind of big with chain accounts actually is like our lemonade base. So that's just lemon juice and sugar. And then, uh, you know, restaurants add, you know, three parts water, four parts water, whatever they want to add. And then they get a great tasting uh, fresh lemonade for their customers, which is you know better than stuff you kind of get out of the the guns or whatever you get with your soda soda machines. And you know you get yourself a high quality uh, fresh tasting lemonade. How is that process? So our lemonade base is just two ingredients. It's just lemon juice and sugar. So the regular lemon juice that we're selling, and then we add pure cane sugar, not from concentrate, but it is constituted. So when you get it in the restaurants, in the restaurants, you know, they add typically three parts water is our, our regular mix. And then from that, you get, uh, you know, your fresh tasting lemonade. It's great for restaurants because, you know, you're not shipping ready to drink lemonade across the country. You're not shipping water. So from a price point perspective and a profitability perspective, it, it's a great option for restaurants. Sounds delicious for summertime. Well, Bob, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and partnering with Chef's Warehouse. We love your juices. Chefs love them. Thanks again for your amazing partnership. We are big fans of Paracone. All right, guys. Thanks. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having us on. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Like what you hear, write us a review and subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders or Twitter at Where Chefs Talk. All the products we talked about on this episode can be purchased at chefswarehouse.com.